Hey guys, this is John and Austin, and this is another episode of the Meat Logistics Podcast brought to you by Waltons. We've got a large amount of food to eat today. Most of it, all of it delicious. Uh, most of it made in our brand new 2000 square inch 12 tray digital dehydrator. That gets up to 194 degrees, not 190, 194. It's amazing. It is awesome. Took it out of the, first of all, I love the label. Pat did a great job on that. Very appealing. Looks nice. Oh, wait, you took, oh, no, never mind. I just thought you took two out of stock, too. I just felt really bad. I was like, I took one out of stock. You no. took out one out of stock. I took but one out of stock. That's a prototype. Yeah. That one next to it is a prototype. That's yes. why there's two here, because I was like, if we took, between the two of us, if, if we, we took, took three, three that's that excessive. Two, I'm okay sense. with, but. Okay. No, uh, what we're going to do, and I already told some people on me just this, uh, our old prototype, which is the, the model we approved, so it's the same, it just doesn't have Walton's branding on it. Uh, we're going to give that away during a live stream. I have the old, old prototype in my house, too. I don't know what I'm doing with that one yet, but I'm going to bring that one back in and we'll do something. Do something with it. I'm sure we can find a use for it. It's going to be harder, but yeah. Yeah, because we can't get anything for that if anything goes wrong. Oh, yeah. To be honest with these, though, too, it's it's not like, I don't know, it's not like a sausage stuffer or meat grinder where we have more replacement parts for it. Yeah. It's more of a, if it goes bad, we're just going to send people a new unit and Fair say, enough. here you go. Yeah. Well, we're not doing that if you win a prototype unit. No, it's kind of goes bad. You just get what you get. Get what you get. Okay. Prototype. Um, but we've got a couple of different things here. First, let's talk about what was not made in the dehydrator, and then we'll we'll circle back to the dehydrator. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, an employee here, Colton, had uh, a, was a strip loin that he injected with sweeter than sweet. Was it sweeter than sweet? Yeah. Sweeter than sweet cure, uh, bacon taste booster, sodium arthorbate, uh, and... Basically treated it just like bacon, right? He let it sit. He did it to 10% and then he smoked it. And it was really good to the point where we all decided we needed to have someone who actually knows what they're doing try to make it. So <laughs> he was having trouble getting it to pick up uh, the full 10%. So I went out, bought a strip loin, injected it. Everything worked perfectly. Uh, and we are accepting names for this. We don't know what to call it yet, but it is a whole strip loin that we cure just like bacon. And then cook to 132 degrees, and then fry up. Overcooked up. Actually, it, it doesn't feel too overcooked. It's not. It's perfect. If people could understand how good this is, it is It's better than regular bacon for sure. Oh, absolutely. But it's, 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 it's ribeye. Not ribeye. Wait, I thought you got a rib roll. Stripling. You got a strip too? I'm so confused. I th I thought Colton got a strip. Mm -hmm. You got a strip too. Yeah. Okay. We'll try other things eventually, but I wanted to start with a one-to-one. -one. I didn't Oh, know. okay. It's not ribeye. Things make more sense. More now. sense now. Yeah. But, so this goes back to our fundamental difference in bacon in general, though, mm -hmm. in that I don't cook my bacon as crispy as you do. I know that. I should have taken a picture of what mine looked like when I took it home and cooked it. Uh, that's why I came in here before the podcast started and I told John, I'm like, these are like three times as small as they're supposed to be. Because, uh, yeah, I just cooked mine so it was just basically warm. It was, there There was, this, this has rigidity. For those not watching on YouTube, I'm holding up a piece that is just sticking out solid. 
when I do it, like you can't, oh, you no. can't pick up a piece of bacon and, and do that. I want my bacon to have some rigidity. It doesn't need to be like fully, you know, like that has a tiny bit of flop to it, but only because yeah. it's such a big piece. Because mm -hmm. it's a, imagine a, a strip steak just sliced into really thin pieces. And that's basically what it looks like. Now that piece might be slightly overcooked. And it is kind of funny. Like this looks like a mini piece of steak. Uh-huh. Yep. I mean, that's what it is. It, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I find it comical in a sense. It's like, I know the whole point is to be like a steak bacon, beef right. bacon, but it looks funny. I enjoy it. I was thinking maybe we cut them in half. Nice. We cut them in half lengthwise to make them look a little bit more like traditional bacon, but then you're going to separate too much of the fat from the other side, which won't mm -hmm. have the same fat content. And then it won't just, just won't be as good. However, we will be making videos on this and trying to make bacon out of other things as well. Um, we've just been running out of time this week and last week. And next week. Definitely <laughs> next week we'll be running out of time. Probably the following. I, I don't understand. Like, I think that time is going to slow down. And I never learned my lesson never that time to. never slows down. It really is never going to. Yeah. Sad. The world moves and it moves fast. That's the way it goes. But uh, I did some basic math on this. And once you add in, you take just the cost of the meat and just the supplies. We're at like $12.50 a pound to make it. So if somebody wanted to sell this, I mean, you're charging high 20s. Oh, somebody that's making it, though, too. They're probably not going to the store and buying us like a strip loan. Okay. Like they're going to be doing the harvesting themselves or they're buying boxed beef from Cargill National Beef, somebody else. And they're, or they're buying, I mean, somebody big, they're bringing in combos of things. Like they're bringing in a lot of stuff. They're going to have a lower price. I just, I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's a great occasional treat. Taste is amazing. It's really versatile. Like I've made BLTs out of it. Obviously, I've eaten it just by itself a bunch, probably too much. Um, <laughs> but I just don't know that it's feasible for somebody to actually like produce. I don't think it's a mass market item. It's very. It's bougie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh -huh. So speaking, we're. Since it is so bougie, we've been trying to come up with like a, a nice, they're calling it steakin right now, and I don't like it. It's too close to steakums. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything for you. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like steakin though. If anyone has anything good, go to the Meatgistics post on this podcast and Give us your ideas. We did it a little bit on a, a post, but I could use some more ideas. I, Casey uh, Strip Bacon. Can't we just call it the world's most yummy, super special, good tasting steak bacon? You'd ha yeah, right. But that's the problem is you can't just call it anything. Like you can't call it bacon. Bacon is from a pig. That's why I would, like beef bacon has to be called beef bacon. Turkey bacon has to be called turkey bacon. They can't call that just bacon because bacon by itself in its and its definition is from a pig. I've I've done research on this. Yeah. So okay. Um, so the 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 other qualifiers in there are not enough. It has to say beef. Is that the rule? If that's the rule, can you call it 
beef steak bacon? Beef beef steak. I believe if we say if we identify the cut it's from, and that is not like you can't just call it a steak bacon because there are, is such thing as a pork steak. But if you call it a Casey Casey strip bacon, Casey strip is actually like an identifiable cut from a beef as like so you have that identifier in there. This is so stupid because I guarantee, yeah, and go back to fake, I know fake meat stuff. I know people, you're people, going people, with that. people use bacon in that. It's a, we're at least we're talking about meat. Come on, but I get it still because people bacon manufacturers want to be they 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 don't want to share. Yep. and I understand that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, but it is absolutely delicious. Highly recommend you make it. You have another piece out there. Yeah. yeah don't don't let that one go to waste. All right, so on to uh, the other things that that we have made with the Walton's 2,000-square-inch 12-tray digital dehydrator that gets up to 194 degrees. We've got jerky in there and up here, and we made that today. And then yesterday, I took veggies and fruits and dehydrated them. I was... Okay, that's enough. I was very shocked on one of the veggies I did was English cu cucumbers. They're gone because I ate them all. No. Dude, they were really good. And like, you know how a cucumber has a very like vague taste? Yeah. It concentrates that down and they crisped up so nice. They were just like, like it was like eating a cucumber cracker and it was really good. That's strange. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to try that now. Okay, well, but I'm but I'm concerned. I will be making more of those. Absolutely shocked at how much I like these banana chips. Oh, banana chips are the best. I, that, that's what I live for. I've never been a fan. I mean, those are pretty darn good. The flavor is excellent in them. You cooked those pretty well. You cooked them better than the apples. Austin has a problem <laughs> with how the apples went. He doesn't seem to know that getting apples, even just to do. That is not easy. They sound crispy. No, I do I do apples. You don't do apples. Yes, I do. I dehydrated before you even knew it. dehydrating <laughs> was a thing. No, probably not. But. The apples taste delicious, though. But yeah, where where do these stand? Oh, those are the top. Okay, I was wondering if you're if you're waiting. So mm. holding a piece of kiwi. This is I I don't know, never thought of doing kiwi before, but it is fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. What did you explain it as? You uh, sour, uh, whatever candy. Like it's a sour, or um, what are they called? Warheads? The warheads are like the ones you suck on. Oh. Mm. Like sour worms type of thing? I don't know. I, I have an email on it. I don't think I said anything other than sour candy. I thought you did. If I did, I'll take credit for it, but I think you're wrong. Do, do, do. Probably deleted your email already. But yes, these kiwi are unbelievable. So all we did with everything was we sliced them up, put them in the dehydrator at 160, and they were in there for about eight hours. Um, with this one, you, you're going to want to rotate your racks, like front, change the front to the back uh, about halfway through, just because, you know, the heater's in the back, so it is going to get a little bit hotter and drier back there. So you just want to flip things around occasionally. There's a fan. Last time I did stuff, well, I guess I haven't used one of these. I, I used one of the prototypes. Um, I didn't really rotate stuff. You want to rotate stuff. 
I'm really amazed at how much I like these banana chips. I'm just searching for this email. Email's gone. Like it is nowhere to be found. I don't have emails from 940 to 222. That whole gap That's in my possible. deal is gone. Yeah. So I don't know. Gotta love, gotta love Outlook. Sometimes it works great. No, Outlook search is the worst. We talk about it. We talk about it in our room all the time. So all right. So all I said is Patrick said it tasted like sour candy. I thought you it was called nothing any out. better than that, man. Never mind. And it wasn't even me; it was Patrick. That's good. Yeah, nice and gummy. Like, like it, like it tasted like a tr- like an actual treat. Like not like. Are you sure you didn't talk to him about it? And then he said gummy. No, we haven't talked no. today. Okay. So, yeah. oh. If we did, it wasn't me. And then there's another one of me running around. So bad news for everybody. I could eat so many of those kiwis. Mm-hmm. They just like. Like as soon as you bite into it, your whole mouth goes tart. Uh huh. Just absolutely delicious. You know how you don't trust somebody when they're like, "Oh, but have you had dried blank?" And you're just like, "Oh, you eat dried stuff." And it's just, <laughs> I can't take you serious. But I swear, as someone who hasn't had it until this morning, and I told him right before, like yesterday, I go, "Dude, kiwis are gross." Like the kids that would eat those at lunch, like just <laughs> eating them with those fuzzy thing, and they got a, a grin and they're holding, they got like a spoon, and I'm like, I don't even know how they got a knife to cut it in the first. Oh, I peeled. It. I'm like, ugh disgusting or every time you ever had mystery flavor it's always you know kiwi strawberry or something like that so i always had like a kiwi strawberry is not a good flavor it's they just it's default not. to it and no we accept it it's it's not bad but anyways digress the kiwi chips are the way to go guys kiwi they, tri- they taste fantastic all the fruit we did was amazing i also did kale in there but um just Dude, to prove man. that it can do it if you did some oil and salt on that like, i know that was a great base yeah it is, and that is what you normally do: is you spray it with an, like a spray oil, and then you season it. Personal opinion: if you're going to do kale, it is is a hundred times better to grill it. You grill it doing that with the oil, with oil and seasoning, and it is delicious. It's great. You're done. What that I no? What does it make it like? Oh, like is it like crispy or is it? Oh yeah, it's oh. like a it's like a. I mean, it's like you're eating a potato chip. Really, but it's healthy. Yeah, it's really good. Really good on the grill. Grill it over high heat. High-ish. I mean, yeah. What I don't know. What's your definition of high? Like five hundred degrees? Uh, I'd say like three seventy-five to four twenty-five. Okay. To be honest, that's my typical rule of thumb. Anyways, like I almost put everything on the grill between <laughs> like three fifty and four fifty. Okay. You need you need a reason to go below three fifty and a reason to go above four fifty. If you're like quote unquote grilling in some sense. Um, so I don't know. It's a loose structure, but. It, it, in that world, like some people will say grilling is like 300 degrees or higher. Right. And it's like, eh, I mean, it is, but it isn't like, then some people are like, well, grilling's not till you get to like 750. <laughs> it's like, okay, well you're, you're searing, you're oh, searing okay. at this point. You're not grilling. So I used, uh, the broil function on my oven for the first time. And I don't know how long the other day, and I coated some chicken and some stuff and all it did was burn the, the coating I put on the chicken. I was like, ah, oh, that's why I don't broil stuff. It's annoying. Yeah. Okay. That was loud. Yeah, it was loud. It's what still loud. Con- Some someone's beating on a the piece cadence of, of it is what is concerning. Really, it's probably somebody in the test kitchen because yeah. the doors were open yep. too. I don't know what they're doing there today. All right. So veggies, amazing. Now we also made it some jerky. I've got two different styles of jerky here. I've got the ground informed, and I've got uh, some whole muscle stuff. So both of them are pepper and garlic. 
This was 80-20, too fatty. Mm-hmm. You can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came up to the surface. It'd be a lot better with like, yeah, 10% fat. Yep. So it's still good. Yeah, I just grabbed it from the store. Uh, 80-20 is definitely a little too bit too fatty, but the flavor is really nice. Now here we have a problem. I always tell people when you're making jerky, what's the one thing you should use? A slicer. Oh. So that you get it even throughout. None of these were cut with a slicer. I just oh, used yeah. a knife. Last couple I only th- had like a pound. Yeah, the last couple of times I've done jerky, I have not used a slicer because I'm like, to be honest, I've even like doing like 15 pounds at a time. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to clean a slicer. Like that's not that bad. It's too much work. And just sit there and just junk, 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 junk. I didn't do this because it was a pound and a half. For 15 pounds, I 100% would use a slicer. Probably should. Yeah. I probably take longer slicing than I realized, but I don't feel as bad about sitting there and slicing as I do cleaning. I hate cleaning. <laughs> I hate cleaning with a passion. All right, but what is it about? Sorry. What is it about the pepper and garlic jerky that gives that like buttery taste to it? It's the only thing I can describe it as is it is like a buttery flavor. Is it like, I don't know, it's really buttery or is it just help bring out the natural meat flavor and juices more? Maybe. I, th- I think I think it's more of a, a complementing meat flavor instead of a cover up or overwhelming. It's not a habanero mango that's, I mean, the point of it is to taste like habanero mango. Right. This is like, hey, we're going to taste like jerky with some pepper and garlic to it. I can't eat. That was bad. <laughs> This is a way underrated jerky seasoning, though. Very good. Very standard, simple, but it's very good. Mm. Makes me hungry. All right. Done with eating. Um, So I I said before the podcast that we would have to give Tex a shout out on this podcast. Because one of the things that I've been doing is looking for a new house. And like just... I had one up here that I was we were gonna go through. It's this weird like Quonset hut type thing. Um, <laughs> it had like an apartment upstairs and like had an old business downstairs. And I thought the downstairs would be like open, but it wasn't. It was like kind of roomed off. But the big problem was as soon as we got in, which was difficult on its own, you could see the outside from the inside and not like through a window. <laughs> like the bottom you was like rotted out. Me, my real estate agent and I were both like, yeah, no, this place needs to be torn down. Like we drove all the way out here, so we should still look for it, but this place needs to be torn down. That's bad. So I was telling Tex that, and he sent me a couple of properties. And one of them he sent me is, I don't know if I showed you or not, but it is what I want. The yellow? The yellow. <clears throat> yeah. It's uh like three acres, just like 20 minute drive from here, away from everybody. It's got its own stocked pond, has an in-law suite. So if my mom wants to come and stay, she can go there. And uh, a barn with two horse stables. Now, I'm never going to mm-hmm. get horses. Mm. Can I fill your stables? But I, I want horses? Maybe. I can't have... Where I live, I have like I have like three I have like three acres where I'm at. Yeah. But I can't have... Animals. Animals. I have dogs and cats. That's it. It's stupid. We're like a little mic- mini micro neighborhood with large lots. Um, there's, I don't know, 20 houses in the neighborhood. 
And you have an HOA? Loosely. Okay. You know, I've debated some of that because technically I never signed any yeah, paperwork. Do whatever anything, you want then. But there is an HOA, but I'm like, well, what are they going to do? I didn't sign anything. So, I mean, I don't know. So, um, do I'll you really want all your neighbors? Uh, I don't want, you. yeah, I don't yeah. piss off my neighbors either. But, uh, my wife always talks about like, oh, we need, we need cows. We need horses. I'm like, we can't. Can't have them. Can't do anything. Can't even have one. But I'll rent out my stables to you. Okay. I was actually thinking it'd be perfect for Brutus. Just <laughs> leave him in there during the day. He is a horse. Yeah. Well, but yeah, so I'm hopefully going to look at that this weekend. Sweet. So I'm excited for that. But um, and then as I was doing something else, some name change stuff going on, it was pointed out to me that you can't force someone else to change their last name, which also means you can't stop somebody from changing their last name. <laughs> so I, I have here the documents required to legally change your last name in the state of Kansas. And they're not that hard to fill out. Just as a warning. Oh my goodness. Taylor, our shipping manager and I were uh, discussing doing it as just basically a, a gag and I just put it on my work credit card. <laughs> it's, it's a gag. Go ahead. <laughs> we we have people that at like a surprising number that order from us with the last name of Walton and they get so giddy and excited <laughs> because they're they they've sent us stuff before, like, oh, this is so cool. Oh. But I bet you we're related. Uh yeah. You could you can change your name. Uh I might, I don't know, if you do that, I might play a little gag and Fill out another one to change your last name to Tiddlywinks or something. <laughs> yeah, but you can't do it for me. That's the problem. <laughs> no, you'd be surprised what 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 <laughs> what you what could get do. get pushed through. All right, but um, okay. So real quick, just to break down, it was one hundred sixty-seven dollars for the strip loin. After pumping it, it weighed fifteen pounds, so it's eleven pounds for just the cost. Then we're making it about thirteen to fourteen pounds for all the additives. Then you got to add in labor. And I'm telling you, I don't think you could. Would you pay $25 a pound for that bacon? Would I? No, because I know how to make it. I would make it. If I could not make it and I saw that, it would be like a, I don't know, a couple times a year maybe type of deal. Okay. It's like a special occasion. It would not be with any regularity at all. So probably but. not something that you could produce and sell. I personally don't think so. Okay. Um, I don't know if you were a commercial processor because because you can how you can package things and then freeze it. I mean, you can make a small batch, have a crazy high price on it, and yeah, you'd sell it. You'd sell it quick enough that you and it, you'd you'd make a high enough margin on it. Why not? But you're, I don't think you're going to have any real volume to it. When's the last time you froze bacon? All the time. How long do you keep it in the freezer for? Forever. Have you ever noticed a metallic taste to it on old bacon? Nah. Is there probably though? Yeah. yeah. Do I notice it? Nah. <laughs> you don't have a sophisticated I enough do palate have, to pull uh, that out. Yeah. I don't. Someone was asking me something about that recently. They were like, "Can you taste the difference between this and that?" And I'm like, "Dude, you are you have no idea who you're talking to." Wrong person. I I might be in the meat industry, but that doesn't mean that I have that I have the palate of someone that should be working in like uh, Excalibur's R and D department. You're not a meat I, that, I'm, not, I'm not qualified to right, do that. Right. 
Um, but yeah, no. So and they say uh, one of the reasons for bacon taste booster was to fight off the um, metallic flavor of frozen bacon. So mm-hmm. I just like the fact that it makes bacon taste more like bacon. Mm-hmm. So I'm always happy with that. All right. Uh, we have a new segment on the podcast we want to talk about. Or we'll start bringing it up from time to time. Um, I wanted to know where the saying high on the hog came from. Your brother brought it up on a live stream once, and it's always kind of stuck in the back of my mind. So I was looking for a term for what we're going to call this, and I said, you know, it's an idiom. So how about eating idioms? And Pat Hoskinson said, what about idioms? And just uh-huh. stars went off. In yeah, my, baby. Like I literally, it was like I got a concussion. <laughs> uh, so it's just going to be called idioms. Uh, but so the saying high on the hog uh, so higher up on the hog were the nicer cuts so the rich could afford them, while paupers could not. That's the term that they use there is paupers. Um, another theory is that the teats on a sow, the ones that are higher up, produce better milk and therefore create better hogs. Now, Dylan's reasoning for it is still correct, is that the fat that's higher up on the bacon is better. So like back fat for bacon is going to make a better sausage than belly fat, um, which is correct because, you know, it's the same thing. It's a nicer cut that's higher on the hog. Um, But yeah, so interesting. You'd be surprised at how many meat and food related idioms we have out there in America. It's a lot. So this is a a going to be a well-stocked segment. We will have (laughs) sweet always have something to talk about there. All right, moving on to meat matters. Uh, China lifts its five-year ban on Belgian pigs, pork producers, over African swine fever. Now, I'm incredibly surprised at this because I don't know how close you've been following it, but we've talked about it a time or two here. China is cutting their pork production internally. Mm -hmm. And that's straight down from the, the CCP. They don't want their producers making as much pork. So if they're internally suppressing pork production why are they then lifting a ban and bringing in imports right it doesn't make any sense no idea there's something funny going on in the chinese meat market right now and i don't know what it is but i i see it like it's their number one um is the number one uh, protein that they eat all of a sudden, they've started cutting production because they say demand is down, and now we're bringing in imports. I wonder yeah, if African swine fever got in there, and they're just hiding it. They're saying, no, no, we told them not to make as much pork. I don't know. Could be. I don't know, because, yeah, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. I'm sure there's a reason of sorts, but I got. I don't have any other ideas. It's weird, though. They are, they do something on pork though. It affects almost all the rest of us because they're so, they're so big. They're easily the biggest pork eating nation out there (laughs) by far. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, Hold on a second. I've got an idea. Uh, Uh, is did I read? Uh, It's mice, not pork. There's a new. (laughs) What? 
not dialogue. <laughs> There's a new uh, strain of uh, COVID that apparently the Chinese have created that's 100% deadly. Yeah. It has come out the last like two days, but it's in mice, not pigs. If it was in pigs, it'd be like, ah, now that makes sense. This is wonderful. Were we uh, experimenting in Wuhan again? <laughs> Who knows where? But, oh my goodness. I mean, so very few diseases can hop from other animals to like it's not that common right so yeah probably nothing to worry about buy more ammo um wasd forecast larger meat and poultry production um so i saw this i was like oh that's great this is this is a good thing you know ramping up the the <laughs> beef industry no it's actually a terrible thing it's way more of their uh they're holding back way less cattle than they were even projected to do, which was already, they said there was going to be an increase in what, heifers uh, sent to slaughter. So now they're saying, no, it's going to be there. They sent in even more than that. They held back even less to replenish the herd. So how we said right. 2024 was at best going to be a holding year. It's not going to be a holding year. We're going to go down. The, the herd's going to go down again. Where is it going? I because I've heard some I've heard some reports out there and rumors on things that um, people are getting slow on on beef production. Really? Yeah. So if the herd's going down, uh, is it just going to big packers potentially? Or, I mean, all of these numbers. I don't know why they call them projections because they're looking at like the past quarter. Is everyone getting slow now because they've already sent all of those in? Maybe. Yeah, it depends on the timing there. Could be. It'll be interesting, yeah, see where things continue to go. But um All right, if I rent out my stables to you, we'll just do cows and we'll always have one. We'll need a bull too. I could ride a bull. <laughs> We've seen it. <laughs> you have. We've seen it. Uh that just totally lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? People getting slower. You've heard rumors from sources in the industry. I don't know. Well, it's gone. You literally destroyed my brain with that one. Knocked it out. <laughs> all, still, right now, all I can picture, I'm standing at, it was in it was in Cowtown in, in Wichita here, John, uh, doing a, a, a bull ride. A bull riding competition. Yeah. But yeah. that's a mechanical bull. That's yeah, what I'm looking for. It's a bull. You you did pretty good though. One time you fell off kind of fast, but there was that you did it three times. Three times, yeah. Two times you 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 did good. I, and I still say that they cheated me on a couple of seconds on my first one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the how who and how they were timing. Yeah, but, that was not. Well, gee, I saw the tape. It's like a de degree of difficulty. John's across the board average was toughest like bull to ride compared to everyone else's. Where like no offense, but the lady that won had one of the easiest. Uh, couple of rides yep. now one she did have a remarkable about like six extra seconds that's just like what is going she that's super human but the other couple were like that wasn't very long the so. one guy should not have been allowed to participate yeah like he does this right like somebody said they're like oh yeah he does oh. he goes to these competitions all the time i'm like well then why is he competing and like none of us have ever done this before how is this yeah. fair yeah there should be divisions let's get him <laughs> or or just hey do you do this professionally? Okay, you can't be in here. It's like the 1980 Olympic hockey team. No professionals. I remember what I forgot. Go. So 
I don't know if these numbers are accurate. I, f- I feel like I saw someone on Meet Just Six the other day saying that they they got uh, ribeyes at their local Sam's for like eight, nine bucks a pound. What? Did you see something like that? No. Okay. Might be out of my mind. However, uh, I went to get steaks last night. It was my wife's birthday. And so um, had some family over and um, it was like very last minute. My wife was like, oh, let's do steak. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> running to the store and I was like, oh, we we should just go to Sam's. That's going to be the best place because we need like 10 steaks. And I'm like, I don't, to be honest, I don't trust. I, I can't have them frozen. I couldn't mm-hmm. go to a certain local processor because i know everything i probably get from them would have been frozen um and needing 10 i didn't really trust target especially don't trust target Definitely with steak not. anyways no. and so i'm like i go to dylan's but i'm like okay sam's and i was like i think someone said something on me just about price so i'm like fingers crossed i'm like be cheap be cheap be cheap it wasn't bad oh, okay. it was uh like i want to say it was 13.98 a pound right i was gonna say but, 12 to 14 is all i've seen recently yeah and i was okay with that i almost got strips because strips were nine eighty eight a pound, yeah. but I looked at what strips were there, and I looked at the ribeyes, and I was like, I can't pass those ribeyes. Those ribeyes were amazing. Yeah. They have a little prime section, uh, like right next to it, and I looked through that, and the stuff I got, it was as good or at better than good. the primes. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm no meat judging expert there on what fresh meat is really truly supposed to be to be choice versus prime but i'm looking at it from what i know and i'm like yeah i'm not paying like twice the price for that this looks great what were the things that you looked and like oh that's a great steak uh size of the spinalis and your and your 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 marbling content that's That's what i look at too um, where's the fat placement and the amount and the yeah the overall marbling because you get like ribeye's not as bad but like strips sometimes like look at strips and um, there was a bigger difference on the strips from that's why i didn't buy the 988 a pound strips because they looked like just a solid thing of pink and i'm like yeah there is nothing in that right Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be too tough um but the ribeyes were i mean they were they were loaded white chunks all the way through it and ribboning and marbling like it looked looked great but not like uh, i tried to talk my wife into going to get some wagyu but she was like no no not doing that for 10 people that's an expensive yeah it this it this the whole thing evolved from i thought we were doing like um yeah dinner earlier for us and then snacks Ah. for like kind of everybody later and then it was like everyone um so yeah but when's the last time you had wagyu don't remember few months ago so not when we had it here when do we have it here we had wagyu steaks here a year ago probably a year then i had it since then yeah no we had wagyu steaks the in june it was the last time i went up to pick up my uh quarter from crables i picked up some wagyu steaks we ate them here i don't know you may have had them since then maybe maybe not because i feel like it was more like september feel like that amount of time it definitely was not september when i did that okay don't know though okay so i only have wagyu steaks when we get them for a year yeah um we'll see i want to buy more i'm someday i'm just gonna go do it i think i talked about it on the podcast a few weeks ago but seafood shop over 21st mm-hmm. and web they're changing and they're bought out they were bought out by Booth, the Booth Creek Wagyu guys from Manhattan. 
Um, I need to go over there and try them out, but I haven't yet. So. But they're not going to only have Wagyu beef, right? They're also going to have regular beef? I don't know. I would assume so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to have both. All right. Uh, because it says Arizona before I lose it, um, I was talking to Tyler Webster Monday. I talked to him Monday. What's today? Wednesday? No, it must have been Friday. On, uh, he has the Birds, Booze, and Buds podcast. Um, and he, every single time I've talked to that guy, he's out hunting. Like He must yeah. hunt close to 300 days a year. It's unreal. Um, but he was out in Arizona in these mountains. And just because he said that, I was like, oh, like, did you happen to hear that they now have a, a second Jaguar up in Arizona? Like they've had this one Jaguar they named El Jefe. And he's been up there, like coming up there for years. But they found it, like they got, have video of another one. Um, and so they might have a breeding pair there. And, and he's like, that's in the same mountain range I'm in. I'm in. We've been looking for it, like hoping to see it like across a ridge or something, keep it, you know, far away. But I just thought that was super interesting. That's fun. All right. Uh, Arizona may join Italy by banning lab grown meat from the state. So two bills introduced in the Arizona legislature may signal that the 2024 sessions of those laboratories, my computer, uh, laboratories of democracy will be something of an alt meat grinder. Uh, HB 2121 prohibits anyone in Arizona from offering to sell or produce a cell-cultured animal product for human consumption. Then they have a bunch of fines, everything in there. Um, the bill defines cell-cultured animal project or products as any cultured animal tissue produced? Yeah, produced from in vitro animal cells outside the organism from which it's derived. Now, that, that last little bit outside the organism is interesting because I mean, so many, so much of the beef that we eat in this country is, you know, quote unquote, cloned is too strong a word, but like artificial insemination. It's not just. Oh, it's not cloning. The, it, okay, hold on. Nah, we'll, we'll, later, <laughs> later. We'll do it later. Um, but yeah, so interesting that states are starting to. Save it for the podcast. Save it for after the podcast. Um, interesting that states are starting to take a stand and be like, no, we don't want that in our state instead of, I mean, Italy did it as a country. I think there's like one or two other African countries that have said, we don't want anything to do with that. But over here, we can't agree on anything as a country, but as states, we seem to be able to agree on some stuff. So just kind of interesting that that's already where it is. Um, a $3,500 toaster for steak. The Wild AI Perfecta Grill promises sizzling meat in under two minutes. Uh, this is from CNET, and I see no reason why we wouldn't have one of those. Price? No. <laughs> Again, I see no reason why we wouldn't have one of those. Because it's not your money. So you, How much is it, though? I don't even see a price. $3,500. Oh, it's it was right the, there in the stinking yeah, tie. I'm an right idiot. Wow. So okay. it's basically, it kind of looks like a toaster oven, and your steak goes in sideways. But it goes in sideways, pressed between two metal racks, and then like incredibly high infrared heat hits both sides of them, so it cooks them incredibly quickly. Um, I need to go back through. I normally am all over like CES stuff. I love I love tech things. Mm -hmm. I've been just so busy. I haven't read a single article about anything's come out, but I saw headlines on a couple that were like cooking type of stuff with AI in it. Um, I don't I don't. It, AI is just the rage. People just say AI because right. it sounds cool. It's like the cloud. Yeah. Uh -huh. Nobody kn nobody knew what that was. Yeah. Have you considered using the cloud? What, to 
handle my dog poop issue in the backyard? What are you talking about? Yeah. But it's interesting. Uh, We're probably going to start to see just more and more of that invading, like, yeah, probably mainly just cooking. I don't see that it invades a lot more of the prep area, but I could be wrong. But what things come out over the next few years would be kind of fun. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's already being used to grade beef. That's, yeah. well, that's kind of the prep. Yeah. And then it might also be able to look at slabs of beef and like tell people where to cut. Right? Yeah. So the disappointing thing is that you didn't display this story two days ago. If you'd done it two days ago, we could have saved a thousand dollars on the pre-order. That, yep. that might have been in your in in your budget. <laughs> I played around with the idea, but decided I like my job too much. You could fit that in your budget. You just got to figure out how you're not going to spend this, this stuff on other things. Well, we know one budget it's not coming out of. Uh, is it safe to store fresh meat in its original <laughs> butcher paper wrapping? What do you think? Uh, we, it should be yes. Are they going to say no? It's my, my my guess is that someone puts that in there because they're going to say no. They actually did a pretty good job. They talked about how long you're going to do it. So, I mean, yeah, technically, I know people get Sorry, antsy about storing anything in any container for any length of time if mm-hmm. it's a certain length. I mean, whether it's if it's plastic related or metal, um, the only thing I know of that doesn't really have an issue is glass. Metal can cause problems. Plastic can cause problems. Yep. I'm assuming they have something for paper or if it's freezer paper. Hello. Oh, they said butcher paper. Butcher paper. Okay. Yep. So just butcher paper. Okay. Freezer paper. Yeah. You got some plastics in there. Um, is it plax- or plastics or wax? I assume it's still plastic. I think it's wax. Is it wax? I, bl- I think it's always been wax. I don't know. I just kind of figured that that was still plastic. Is it like, like, is it wax wax? I don't know. It's a wax. I have no idea. Right. Plastic. Well, mm, I, there, we need to, yeah. Hey, hold on. Let's see what we can find. Darn. You're right. 5% polyethylene. Okay. okay. I'm going to say because, um, I've always thought it was wax. <laughs> in the past, one of the vendors that we have bought this from had plastic in their name. Oh, <laughs> that's so, not good. So I'm like thinking that I'm like, yeah, something, some level, there's plastic at some that. level in there. But yeah, polyethylene. But yeah, so long, t- paper, long story short, you're fine to store it short term in your fridge. If you're moving it to your freezer, you have to change it to something else. Uh, microplastics found in nearly 90% of meat and plant-based proteins. Um, so... My only note on this is basically, if you don't want to be eating a ton of microplastics, you kind of have to just go hunt your own food at this point. I, I saw some stuff on that uh, recently, too. Just like, yeah, well, anything you get from the store, a bottle of water. You mm-hmm. drink a bottle of water, you're drinking microplastics. It's it's just in everything because if something touches something else, and then it all just kind of mixes Some in. of it transfers. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you remember we talked about that fungus that they had created that's going to eat plastic? Mm, yeah. Or maybe it was a bacteria. But once that gets loose, 
forget it. Goodbye, world. Goodbye, everything. Yeah. It's going to be like, oh, you have plastic in you. I want Ooh, that. That would suck. Yeah. No. Should be fun. Um, what do Mexico's duty exemptions mean for imported pork, beef, and poultry? Um, not going to touch on this much, but it is interesting that they've already extended the duty-free import exemption through all of 2024. So Mexico has said any imports uh, coming from the U.S., we will not be putting any uh, of these specific duties on. So I'm wondering, is Mexico also struggling in their beef industry? Probably. It would make sense. So who's not? Brazil? Are they the only ones? One would think, yeah, they're far enough away. Totally different weather patterns. I would assume Mexico is close enough that they experience so you're, similar cycles. So you're still very much in on this is all just about the droughts we've been experiencing. It's my thought. I don't know. Am I basing my opinion on anything? No. So that's an opinion. Okay. I'm a little deeper in the conspiracy theories than you are. Um, California fully implements pop, Prop 12 pork measures. Uh, so this was, they passed in like 2020 or 2021. Um, everything just finally went through. This is, you cannot, you have to give each sow such a, you know, so much room. They have to have so much acreage, or, you know, not full acreage of pig, but so much square feet of um, land that they can naturally eat in. So like tear up the ground, look for grubs, bugs, all that type of stuff. Um, so that finally has gone through. Um, and I know Missouri is really upset and struggling with this, uh, I guess, because of how they generally raise their their pigs. Mm -hmm. um, and it would have to separate out like none of this can be shipped to California. So yeah. there's a lot of yeah, a lot of states in the center of the country there that are big on pork, like Iowa. Mm -hmm. I was there's more pigs in Iowa than there are people. Um, but it says it says in the article um, that what's her name? Oh, Ashley Hinson from Iowa and then Roger Marshall from Kansas are two that are uh, introducing the eats bill to counteract prop 12, but um, we'll see if that goes through. I think I'd be on board to do that. There's also, I don't know, every time you get stuff like that, the bills get so massive that you think that you think you would be for something but and then not. you read in some yep. details and you're like, but I don't like this, <laughs> <laughs> but I like this, but, but I don't like that. All of this is bad. Yeah. Single issue bills are what they need to go back to. All right. More than 133,000 pounds of sausage has been recalled nationwide due to possible extraneous contamination. Um, so these were um, sausages and hot dog products uh, recall and ready to eat turkey kielbasa citing the possibility of contamination from extraneous material. All it really made me think of is that one we did where they found pieces of a security guard's flashlight in, I want to say it was like Campbell's chili, Hormel chili. And they had to recall like so many tons of it because some security guard dropped their flashlight in and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> was it like, hey guys, stop, 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 stop. We got to get that out. He's like, yeah, it'll be fine. Like, Okay, if it was like you dropped a piece of paper or something, I could see like, yeah, you know, that's just going to go in there and be fine. A flashlight? Yeah, that's not going to Come on, there's batteries in this. We don't want to <laughs> yes. poison people. Right, this is bad. <laughs> um, no, this one was bone fragments. Um, so bone fragments from like cuts of the 
um, turkey that shouldn't have been in there. Uh, and they had like, I don't know, a dozen people or so report injuries from it. Luckily, nothing serious. Just like they were chewing it and a piece of bone, you know, like punctured their whatever, which doesn't seem like the type of thing you would report. Like how, who's reporting that? Like, hey, I was eating something and a bone stuck in my mouth. Depends on how bad it is. I mean, like, if it was really bad, but I just, yeah, they I, ma- I imagine s- it is bad. They said not serious injuries. Okay. Well, not life threatening, but did it hurt like an SOB? Like, did you, was there a, a sharp piece of bone that like, implanted in someone's mouth and cause serious pain i bet so grab him and pull it out yeah but like if you were expecting the possibility it'd be one thing but if you're eating a kielbasa something that is 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 usually like emulsified in nature right you're expecting a very smooth cured but smooth texture and you're gonna you're gonna be going at it and when you're chewing on that and all of a sudden there's large, sharp, and pokey, it's good. It's going to shock you. Um, no, you can't ask that. should be reported. You want to know why? Because you know how many times I've ate stuff from you? <laughs> <laughs> you do have a bad – there was a one run there. It was on a specific snack stick, the chicken snack stick. Yeah. 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 yeah, I didn't – I don't think I – when it said boneless, I, don't, I think I trusted that too much. Uh, one thing I did notice recently on our one-shot grinder head, uh, the back, you know how that's a two-sided knife? Mm-hmm. So it's sharp on both sides, and it just has a little, like, <clears throat> concaveness to the center so that only the edges touch the uh, the cutting surfaces. But it's got a, a ridge on the back of it. The number of times I've taken that apart recently and found tiny little pieces of bone like from pork that, you know, someone just cut up and put in. It's always when somebody else is helping me bone out the pork butts. It's never when I do it myself. Um, I mean, it's not a bone collecting system, but it does seem to help. So speaking of that, if if you are a commercial processor, you should, if you do not use a bone collecting system, you should call us and ask us, what is a bone collecting system and how can we help with you? What is a bone collecting system? Uh, it's basically a specially designed uh grinder plate grinder plate knife system that with a tube and stuff that when bone or even just like some gristle and sinew at times like will get funneled and pushed out and so it's not in your meat gives you a better overall quality yeah uh, so the back of the plate has a a curved groove in it and as things get pushed around if it doesn't want to go through the hole it'll go into that groove and then on 22 or 32s and larger you have to replace the center stud with this special stud that has a tube coming out of it, you can actually watch all the gristle mm-hmm. and stuff go out through that. So it's really cool. It is a, it's a good thing. But have we thought about ever doing that? What, how do we have that only in a 32 size? Do we have it in a 22? They do make 22 bone collectors. I don't know if we, I know we don't stock them. I don't know if we sell them. We should look. We should try it sometime if we have it. Unless it's, just insanely expensive for 22 it you, could are you be talking about a retail grinder yeah because we could go to like we could go to just like sam's and buy pork butts like most of our retail customers are going to do grind it up and see how much stuff comes out of it give people a good like demo of like here's what it looks like without with okay because it's not it doesn't just always collect just bones it's like sometimes gristle and stuff too that um just doesn't want to go through the grinder plate and it hits the bone collector groove and comes out. So 
Um, it's not just bone. For our dry cured sausage, it would. That would be fantastic. Yeah. I hate that in dry cured. Because at least when you thermally process something, you get hot enough to start to break down stuff. Yeah. And you don't. Don't with you, that at all. Yeah. What did you think about the, so we just took out, we're going to skip um, the wild card, um, which is the most wild card thing to do. Just not even do it. What did you think about the pepperoni that just came out of the unit? It was amazing. How Have we talked to anybody about that yet? We probably should. Kind of want to do its own thing though. Like just give everyone a little bit of a, we're not, we said this on a live stream. We're not carrying that one brand that we were testing out for forever. Too many mold problems. So we brought in a new um, vendor. And I was getting concerned because I'm like, it shouldn't be that dry that quick. It shouldn't be that dry that quick. We have case hardening. We have case hardening. I'm like, I know we have case hardening. So after 13 days, I pulled it and weighed it. And we had lost just about like 45%. Cut them open. There were no case hardening. And we went from raw pork to delicious pepperoni in 13 days it was amazing if 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 this works out right it's in my mind just a game changer because it's a it's a thousand times better than what we tested before and for the price out there in the market you don't find you don't find something like this to, to go to go from raw to ready pepperoni old world style pepperoni in 13 days but it's not that's amazing. It almost shouldn't be possible. So we've got another batch in. Uh, we're repeating almost everything. Uh, we're changing one variable. Um, but yeah, it, ridiculous at how quickly. I mean, the old, the soonest we took anything out of the last one was a month. That was the quickest we were like, we can take this out. Half that time. Less than half that time. Ridiculous. Okay. You got anything else? Nope. We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.